are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply then you lovely person are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel oh and ditch that critical nagging inner voice too so each week I'll offer you inspiration motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the grow your private practice show it's great to have you here Hi and welcome to this week's episode. Now today we're going to be looking at busting five commonly held myths that we have about websites that could actually be holding you back. And I'm really delighted to have here Sarah Gershon from Strong Roots Web Design, who works specifically with counsellors to make really beautiful yet functional websites. Now she's also actually a friend of the Grow Your Private Practice Club, and she's recently been a guest in there delivering a fantastic workshop that was all about how to pimp up your homepage. So how to make it so that when somebody lands on your homepage, they're going to stay and look around your website. And we have some really, really great feedback from members. So anybody that wants to see that, the replay is available in the Grow Your Private Practice Club. So come and join us. But without further ado, Sarah, it's really great to have you here. Would you like to (laughs) tell a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is super fun and I really appreciate being here. Um, So my name is Sarah Gershon and um, my agency is called Strong Roots Web Design and I specialize in designing websites for therapists and counselors that are both beautiful to look at and also strategically designed so that they help you to connect with more people and to do the good work that you do more effectively. Fantastic. And I've seen the websites that you produce. And I think the fact that they are specifically for counsellors makes a difference because it's an understanding of the profession and an understanding Mm -hmm. of sometimes the limitations that we have before the profession that that really can make a difference, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I've had lots of clients who have come to me after having worked with someone who was not familiar with the kinds of concerns and also, you know, priorities that counselors often have. And have they've had a really frustrating experience with someone who wanted to make their website feel, you know, very salesy or very much like they're trying to, you know, sell a used car, which is absolutely not correct for a counselor website or, you know, people who put a lot of pressure on them to put up client testimonials or other types of things that, you know, people who aren't familiar with the kinds of ways and you know things that counselors care about might not be familiar with and so I think people definitely find it to be a relief that I already kind of understand those issues and and it makes things a bit smoother yeah Mm, I I completely agree I've seen sometimes people have had a website made that's sometimes been really quite dear but it's been made by a website agency who are very good at what they do Mm -hmm. I'm not slagging off the website but it's not really the sort of thing that's, that's necessarily right for a counsellor. It just doesn't sit right, you know. So it's important to get that balance right, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Especially because when people come to a counsellor website, they're feeling very vulnerable. Um, and, you know, you have to really kind of use the site as a tool to break down a lot of barriers between that person and their ability to, you know, reach out and get the support that they need. And so the, the site has to really be designed carefully with that user in mind. Mm. So what you're saying is a potential client might land on the website 
And if they're feeling very anxious and there's something about that website that puts them off, they could mm-hmm. actually not contacting you. Right. And they could end up not contacting anybody, which is the, you know, from a, from a big perspective, you know, my priority is not just to build websites that get people to reach out to you, but it's to build websites that make people feel more comfortable getting the help that they need. There's, you know, if a person's feeling very anxious and they come to a website that feels like it's very pushy or doesn't have respect for them, doesn't show enough, enough empathy, it reinforces negative feelings that they have about themselves. And they think, oh, I shouldn't do this. And then they don't get the help that they need. And there's, you know, so much stigma around people asking for support. And these sites can really be an opportunity to help people to realize that it's okay, that the help that they need is available and that they don't need to be embarrassed to ask for it. And if the sites miss the mark, then you really do miss that opportunity to reach those people. It's so much more than just a website, isn't it? I mean, Mm -hmm. you saying that, it makes you realize that what we put on the website, it can be the difference between somebody getting help or not. Yes. And, you know, this is something I feel very strongly about too, because I sometimes talk to people and they say, well, I don't really need a website because I get my clients through word of mouth. And I definitely, I think that's fantastic. If you have a strong flow of clients coming to you word of mouth, that's fantastic. But we also know statistically that there's a large percentage of people who are suffering from mental illness who don't get help. And so the the problem with word of mouth is that it only works if you talk to someone. So if there are people out there who aren't talking to their friends about what they're struggling with, who aren't talking to other people, they're just going to Google and typing in, you know, therapist near me or whatever it might be, then they're just interacting directly with what's on the website, with what's on the internet. And that's what's determining whether or not they reach out to you. So, you know, word of mouth, you know, we definitely know statistically doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, having a really, you know, empathetic, well-built website is your opportunity to connect with people directly. Those people who really might not talk to someone who really might not get help otherwise. Absolutely. And I think as well, sometimes people don't always say to other people that I've been to this counselor and they were very good. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, I don't think it's the same as if you went to say a restaurant and had a great meal. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't shout about it necessarily, do you? Right. Absolutely. So word of mouth is, is great, but it's only going to work for a certain segment of the population. And we want to make sure that people, you know, everybody who needs help is able to access it easily and having you know, an accessible and, you know, well done website as part of creating that accessibility. Brilliant. That's really interesting. I didn't, I, to be honest, I'd not really looked at it that way, but that's making my yeah. brain work because it's so true, isn't it? It's really true. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to have a look at five different sort of commonly held beliefs about websites really, aren't we? And see yes. if we talk about those. So where should we start? Um, well, I think the first thing that is good to talk about is that a lot of people believe the myth that people will read your site. And it's not true. And when I say that, I don't mean that people aren't going to look at any of the content on your site, but I mean that people really do interact with websites very differently than they would interact with, say, a book, right? And when people are on the internet, they have a tendency to skim and to kind of run through information very quickly, to scroll through information very quickly. And the visual information that they get is going to be just as important 
as the words that they read. And so when you design a website, you're really designing it. You have to design it if you want it to be effective differently than if you were writing a letter or an essay or an article or whatever. And you have to do a number of things, one of which is just to break things up. And you want to have the web page that a person is visiting really not feel overwhelming. And, you know, if you can just picture in your mind visually what it would look like if a person came to your website and there was just a block of text, like a huge big block of text, people are going to feel overwhelmed and put off by that. Mm -hmm. And so the solution, right, is to take that text, to break it down into small, you know, concise paragraphs, and then to have, you know, nice big headings that give the central idea of each part of that text in a really easily accessible way so that a person can scroll down your page, even if their eyes don't read every single word, they're going to definitely read those big headlines and they're going to get a general feel for what you're saying. And then that way, if what you're saying resonates with them, then they'll go back and look at it more carefully. And then the other half of that is to think very carefully about the design elements, because again, Sometimes I tell people to think about it this way. When you talk to a person face-to-face, you know, the words that the person says are only, you know, maybe half of what is happening during that interaction. All of the rest is coming from nonverbal cues, right? The person's facial expression, the person's posture, their body language. You get all of that, even the tone of their voice, right? That's like a huge part of the interaction. And a website is kind of like that, only... The nonverbal cues are all from the design. So the colors you pick, the pictures you pick, the way that you have the layout of the page done are the equivalent of body language, right? And they're going to give a person a really powerful sense of who you are and what your site is about that might not even be totally conscious to them, but it's going to, in some ways, going to be even more powerful than the words. So you kind of have to do both, have both of those things working together. So you kind of land on a web page and before you read anything, you've already looked at it and kind of gone, nice picture, tick. It's mm-hmm. able to skim read, I'm not feeling overwhelmed, tick. So before mm-hmm. you even register it properly, there's something happening, like that initial that initial feeling when you first meet someone and you quickly scan them over. So there's exactly. all that going on. And, you know, people will often decide, studies have shown whether or not to stay and look more carefully at a website within six seconds of landing on the homepage. So, you know, just from hearing that statistic that a ton of what's going on is even subconscious, that there's just a process that they're going through when they first look at your website to decide whether or not this is a place that they feel comfortable and whether or not it feels like a place that's relevant to them, right? If it seems like this is a website that's, you know, got something to do with me that is, you know, going to talk about the concerns that I have or might have a solution for one of my problems. And so making the the words and the text really accessible and really easy to consume so that it's not in big chunks and that it feels like you can skim through it and still get something out of it. Mm. And then having the design really be something that's going to resonate with that user, all of those things are going to have a huge impact on on that person's initial response. And we know this ourselves, don't we, from our our own lives and our own visiting websites. If if I land on, I mean, I, I like to read blogs. And if I land on a blog, for example, where the text is tiny, mm-hmm. 
it's a big chunk of text and the images are kind of, I don't know, quite, I don't know, for want of a better word, a bit boring and stock imagey. Yes, yes. It makes me go, and I'm less likely to read it. And it could be the best best blog ever. But mm-hmm. I, if, if I just go, oh, crikey, that looks like it's going to be hard work. Then yes. I'd, I'd just go. Yes, 100%. And, you know, it's kind of like the idea don't judge a book by a cover, but we know everybody does, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like we 100% do. The reason people always say that is because it's absolutely what happens, but it's even more so because the website is really, you know, fundamentally less about reading than a book ever was in the first place. So, yeah. So that's brilliant. So the number one then is be aware that people aren't like just coming onto your site and reading everything you've put. So that, I guess, takes a bit of the sting out. So sometimes we think we've got to write so much about our lives, right. about everything we do. And I guess we, we don't really have to, do we? Right. Absolutely. And another part of that too, is that you shouldn't be afraid to repeat yourself. Sometimes when I'm designing websites for people, they're like, oh, but you already made that point on this other page. And I'm like, yes, but we need to make it again because there's no reason to assume that people are going to actually see it on that other page. And so that doesn't mean that you have the same content over and over again, but the most important key points that you want to get across, you can, you know, have in more than one place on the site so that no matter where someone actually, you know, reads it, it's going to eventually get, get, get across to the reader. And you really, you know, I think that the copy, the, the text on the website is super, super important, but don't think of it and agonize over it the way that you would agonize over, you know, a dissertation or, you know, a, something like that. It, it's it's a different kind of writing. And it could be changed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. You can change it if, 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 you know, if you think of something better or, you know, it can be changed. 100%. And in fact, it's great to change it and to update it periodically and have it reflect whatever is most recent and the way that you want to communicate with people. Absolutely. Fantastic. So that's a good place to start. People will read my site. We can take the pressure off. And yes. That you don't have to write something perfect. Just make sure that it's clear for people to consume. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. What's the next one? Okay. So the next one is the, if I build it, they will come approach to website building. (laughs) And, you know, this is another thing that can be really hard for people because, you know, they think, well, I, I, I work so hard on this site. It's so wonderful and it looks so nice and it's, it's built so carefully. So how come nothing's happening? Right. And, you know, the, the hard truth is, is that building the site is just the first step. And that once it's built, you have to actually consistently do things that will drive traffic to that site and to help it get traction. And that is going to take time to do. And it will only happen if you actually then do take the time to put in that additional effort. So, you know, there are lots of things that you have to do once the site is up to actually help that site start to get visible. So when you say drive traffic, what do you really mean by that, Sarah? Well, there are lots of different ways to do it. And essentially the goal is that when a person who's a potential customer for you, when that person is on the internet looking for resources, that they will happen upon your site, that your site will be there and that they'll click on it. And then once they open it, they're going to have a, wow, this is you know just what I was looking for kind of response. But in order for that to happen, you have to actually be visible. They have to actually run across your site. 
So the traffic is basically saying that somebody has gone over to your website. So they've clicked mm-hmm. your website from somewhere. Yes. Yes. And that can be from, you know, Google search results. It could be if, you know, they're on another website and that website links to your website as a resource, or if you write a guest post on someone else's site, all of those things could be things that generate, you know, clicks where people are other places on the internet and then they end up coming to you. I mean, I kind of say all roads lead to your website. So although yeah. you're on social media and being mm-hmm. directories and on all those things, what you're really doing is you want people to come to your website. Yes. And there's, there's a number of reasons for that. One of which is that you own your website, but you don't own Facebook or LinkedIn or any of these other social media sites that you might be active on. And as we've seen in the past, right, those organizations can change their algorithms, change their rules overnight, and then have a huge impact on your ability to connect with people. So if you build up a huge following on Facebook, but then Facebook changes its rules and all of a sudden you're not getting visible there anymore, all of that work that you did gets gets lost, right? So the idea is you can interact with people in a variety of forums, but then the anchor for all of that is your website because your website is yours and you can always be sure that you can go to your website and people who you're sending to your website will see your message directly in an unfiltered way. Mm. And exactly, because again, because of the algorithms, you have to be a bit careful of what you say and what you share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, very often uh, the algorithms on, on pretty much most of the social media um, networks, you can't share links and you, you, you know, you can't, yeah. so you, you're not free to do but you're free to do whatever you want to do on your website. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so making that website into a resource that people genuinely want to come to is, is just an amazing thing to do to, to really be able to connect with people in a way that is like a long-term connection and not just a passing thing. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it, really? I mean, yeah. I, sometimes, I still sometimes hear people say, do I really need a website? Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that things change so quickly. And I think that's part of it, right? Is that, you know, 30 years ago, it was very different. And, you know, I think a lot of people who are now giving advice about how to be successful are people who've been successful for so long that they started their practices before a website was necessary. But what you really do have to realize now is that a website is kind of a basic you know, proof that you're for real. And that if you don't have a website, it can really be detrimental because people use the internet to filter information, meaning that it is like a very much gut response to people. If they hear about something, they hear about a person, they'll Google to get information. And so if someone, even if someone, you know, we were talking about the limitations of word of mouth, but even with word of mouth, if someone recommends you to a friend, that friend is going to go Google you. That's the first thing they'll do. (laughs) And if they can't find you, it makes you look like you're not legitimate. Or if they find you, but the website is really, you know, not working for them for whatever reason. (laughs) I'm trying to say that as nicely as I can. Um, (laughs) I'm trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, But if, if the website doesn't, doesn't work for them, so then you're going to lose that word of mouth recommendation because everything kind of gets filtered through the website. But the good thing is that websites are so powerful that it's 
you know, there are so many opportunities when you do have the website and when you do it right and when you invest the time in it, that it, it really is a good thing. And it really, I think, ultimately empowers counselors to be able to have direct relationships with, you know, both clients and potential clients and not all through directories and not all through, you know, the word of mouth grapevine, but like actually, you know, person to person connections that they're in control of because they get to design and have their site be a real reflection of who they are. And I love that. It's the control, you know, what I like to Mm -hmm. do, I try to help. I try to help other counsellors to take control of their business, to make their business work for them. And it's the same with your website. It's the same with any marketing. It's tech marketing. It's taking control of it. And your website, you have full control over of what you want to put on there, who you're trying to attract. You're taking, you're taking control of that. And that means that you, you, you can take that website where you want to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you can talk about the things that you think are most important and, you know, use it as a platform for really sharing your ideas and your insights. And I think that's a really, you know, powerful and great thing. And, you know, when you think about all of the stuff that's on the internet, I think it would be great to have more counselors and therapists who are, you know, trying to help people and trying to help people to, you know, resolve conflict and, find healing, be good to have more of that content on the internet. It balances out some of the other stuff. So I, I, I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. I couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree with you more. So that's fantastic. It's a way of you getting a little bit more control into what it is that you're putting out there, helping people in a way that feels right for you. What would, what would the next myth be? So the next site would be that a free site will work just fine because there are so many different ways right now that, you know, different organizations and businesses that like, oh, you know, you can get this, you know, this site for free in 15 minutes. It's like, you know, calling Geico, you know, save 15% on your auto insurance in 15 minutes, like have a website in 15 minutes. Um, and it's free and it, it's, um, it's very appealing because, you know, free always sounds good. And, easy always sounds less intimidating than something that's difficult or complex or takes time to develop. But as with most things, we know, right, that if it sounds too good to be true, like it probably is. And the free sites are going to be definitely super limiting and not ultimately going to provide, you know, the kind of freedom, professionalism, and even control that we were just talking about. Because the way that they are able to provide the sites for free is that the, the sites are all templated and are not really going to be customizable, not really going to be able to grow with you. And so, you know, one of the things that I often see when people come to me is that they've started out with one of these free sites, which, you know, I don't want to discourage people. Like, like I think that something is better than nothing, but, you know, I've had a lot of clients who, you know, they started off with one of these free template sites and, now, you know, they've grown a little bit and they're really realizing how much they're hitting up against the, the limitations of that site. And it gets very frustrating. And it also gets very time consuming because the more you try to use one of these free sites, the more you realize that it, it doesn't do what you want unless you invest a ton of time into it. And so it kind of becomes one of those things where at the beginning, you think you're going to save time and money, but in the long run, it's kind of the opposite. So, yeah. Mm. 
I mean, when I think of free sites, I think of the sites, I don't know, do they still do this where you get the adverts on there? They definitely still do that. And I see therapist websites sometimes that have that. And, you know, if you think about just the messaging that you're sending to people, um, you know, first of all, if a person's coming to your website looking for counseling, looking for mental health support, and then at the bottom of your website, there's an ad for, you know, I don't know, diet pills, jeans, whatever it is, this is not, this is not consistent with what you're saying, right? Your site is, is giving a different message that's going to be very heavily undercut by whatever ads are on the bottom of the screen. Plus, it's super unprofessional. It's just super unprofessional. And what it says is either I'm just starting out so much so that I, I can't even have a website that doesn't have advertisements for random other things on it. Or it says, I'm really just not that professional. Um, and, and even if those things are definitely not true, that's the message that visitors get. And it, it, it hurts your ability to connect with them. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've, I mean, not even just counselors' websites, but on any website that I go on, if there are adverts on there, it just makes mm-hmm. it a little bit icky. But yeah. for me, going to counseling is a considered purchase, you know, people have to, to pay for counseling and it's it's not the cheapest thing mm-hmm. so for me I would expect that if I'm going to professional counselor that I would want them to have a professional website and that doesn't mean it's got to have all the bells and whistles it right. can be quite simple can't it yeah a basic simple site is fine but if I mean I've seen some with adverts for us and you've got no control over the adverts that's seen mm-hmm. on there either Right. And, you know, even the websites that maybe don't have the advertisements, but that are clearly like a templated type site, um, or, or they look like, they look like it's not your site. It's very clear that, you know, it's a standardized out of the box website that then you changed it. So it says your name at the top, right? One of the other things that you have to keep in mind is that people are increasingly distrustful of things on the internet. And that's a good thing. People are getting more wary. People are getting more educated. And so there are lots of things that cause warning bells to go off in the back of people's heads telling them, I don't trust this site. And a site that you know looks really unpolished, that looks like it's thrown together, that doesn't look like it's well done, will ring some bells for people that they don't want to put their email address into the contact form on that site. They don't, because it, it feels a little bit like it might not be for real. Like there's, there's something going on and it makes people feel uncomfortable. And that is exactly the feeling that you want to avoid, especially if you're a counselor or a therapist trying to connect with people. If your website makes people feel a little jumpy, like maybe there's something not quite right here that you're, you're, you're really losing out. Yeah. We really don't want that. I mean, I'm thinking as well, the URL. Sometimes mm-hmm. the URL might not be just like the name of your website. It might be then dot and then the name of the company. And then that, I mean, does that impact on how you get searched by Google? It absolutely does. And the other thing that's very important to remember is that you want your website to be secure. And so it needs to have an SSL certificate. So that what that means is that you want your website to be certified as being a legitimate website. And I still see therapist websites all the time that aren't secure. And the different search engines are starting more and more 
to warn people away from those websites. You'll even get a warning at the top of the the browser saying, this website is not secure. Are you sure you want to go here? So if you're a therapist... It scares the bejesus out of you, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I know it's it's fine. (laughs) Are you sure you want to come in? Right. Right. (laughs) They're trying to scare you away because they're not sure that your website is to be trusted. And, you know, a counselor website is the website that is trying to create a feeling of trust and safety. And so these are the kinds of things that make people feel unsafe and that just completely undercut your site. So, you know, it's just really, really, really important. I mean, it's so much more than, is this going to cost me some money? It's about Am I going to be seen as trustworthy and legitimate and professional and friendly and knowledgeable and all of those things? And sometimes it's just the cost of doing business, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the same way that you you wouldn't say, well, I want to save some money. So instead of renting, you know, an office to meet with my counseling patients, you know, I'm going to meet them in a lobby of a, you know, (laughs) somewhere and we'll sit and we'll have our counseling session there because it's cheaper. Right. But you would never, you would never think of doing that because it's clear that that would be horribly unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in the same way, right now in today's world, having a, having a website is, is part of having a business. It's part of having, you know, hanging your name on the door is having a presence on, on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so don't go for a free website guys. It's not going to really save you, but it's, it's not going to save you money because it's going to put clients off. Isn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Oh, crikey. That's fantastic. Really brilliant. So what, what would be the next thing? What are we up to now? Number four. These yeah. Are golden. These are really golden. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. And I think what's coming up for me is more about the side of the client's experience, really, isn't it? It's about the client's experience yeah. of safety and, and all the things that us as counsellors spend so much time trying to make happen in the counselling room. But if we're if we're not sort of engaging in that before somebody comes to us, they might never get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the next part actually links into that nicely because the next one that I wanted to talk about is that, you know, the the myth that the most important thing about your website is that it be pretty. Um, And I think that um, a lot of people come to their website thinking, oh, you know, I love flowers. So I want there to be flowers on my website you know, I really love to look out at the sunset. So I want a lot of pictures of sunset on my website. And I'm not denigrating pictures of flowers or sunsets or even saying that there might not be a place on your site where that would be appropriate. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I think that there's kind of a mindset shift that has to take place where you see your website, not like a brochure that would be printed up and kind of look nice and people would flip through, but think of it like a conversation right? So your website is a tool to have a conversation with a person. And there's a back and forth element to that where they're scrolling. And as they scroll, they're going to see different pieces of information and different images that are going to feel almost like a back and forth. And then they click and then they get to more information that's almost like an answer to a question. So a website is, is much more interactive than a brochure or a book would be. And 
the design should be done in a way strategically where it leads people to take action because that's the real advantage between that's what having a website is so different from having a brochure because on your website, you can actually at that moment convince people to click a button and call you right then or put in their email address and send you an email right at that minute. So at the moment that a person is at your website, that's a moment with a lot of potential to actually encourage them to take a specific action. And so your website should be built in a way where the whole goal of it is to get them from point A to point B and point B is action. And so it's, it's nice for it to be pretty, but the number one priority is to have the site built in such a way where it really does encourage people and lead them to that, to that concrete action that they're going to take. Yeah. So all the way through, talking to them and encouraging them and explaining things to them. But ultimately, it's leading to the point of if this is something that feels like right for you, contact me or phone me or or different ways of doing that on the different pages. Right. Absolutely. You want to use that opportunity to actually create a connection with the person. And ideally that connection is in the form of them actually contacting you. And then the second level, if if they're not quite ready, the next goal is to have them sign up for a newsletter or do something else that will help you to follow up with them in the future. So that if they're not ready at that moment, at that day, you can keep in touch and be there when they are ready, you know, in a week or two weeks or whatever. Um, And so the different elements that you use on the website should all be serving that goal. And it's, it's so true because there's a process to come into counselling and we don't necessarily just say, I need some counselling, I'm going to get a counsellor. Often it's a process of, I think I need some help, then working out what help you need and then yeah. working out, right, I want to see a counsellor and you go and look at a counsellor and you think, right, okay, I'm going to do that. And then you sit on that for ages because you're a bit scared. Yes. So yes. People don't, it's not like going and buying, you know, a a new candle from a candle shop. I know I need to go to counseling. I feel a bit anxious about it. I'm a bit nervous about it. And I'm going to put it off a bit and then put it off a bit until I get to the point that, yeah, I really need to go and get that counseling. So the website can really help with that, with things like, email newsletters or reading blogs or connect with me on social media maybe would you recommend that to connect on social media or is it better for them to come into your website um I think that social media is kind of a I I think that it's good but you also have to realize that there are kind of a lot of other barriers related to social media Um, especially you know if somebody likes your Facebook page that's something that's going to be visible to other people So if we're talking about somebody who's nervous about reaching out to you, social media might not be a great alternative for that person, right? I would say that, you know, there are going to be different types of users coming to your site. There are some people who are like, well, let me think about it. Those people might be more likely to click on your Facebook page or other social media. People who are really feeling nervous, who have a lot of anxiety around it for whatever reason... I don't think that social media is going to be the place where you're going to break through that. I would say that actually the best place to work through that is actually on places like your fact page where you talk to them and answer questions that they have. 
And this is a place where counselors have such an advantage over anyone else who's building a website because you know your clients because you sit with them and talk to them for hours and hours and hours. So you really know what are the questions that they have before they come in? What are the concerns that are holding them back? And a really well-written you know, website, whether it's in the frequently asked questions section or you know, in the section on counseling or wherever it is, but if you can work in answers to those questions and concerns really into the text, that's gonna really, really help. And another thing that I see that can be really, really helpful actually is to have a really well done contact me page. And that's because a lot of the feeling of anxiety is mostly around that last step of contacting you, right? So think about how you can break this down into a process and tell people steps that are going to make it feel less overwhelming, right? So tell them exactly what to expect. You know, if you are asking them to call and you're going to have a secretary that answers the phone, have a picture of your secretary, have her name, say, this is what she's going to do. She's going to you know, ask you these three questions. She's going to take your phone number and then this is what's going to happen afterwards, right? Or if you're asking them to send you a message, say, you know, you're, first of all, say this is private and secure and I'm not going to share this information with anyone. Tell them when they're going to hear back from you. You know, give them, give them information so that they feel really empowered and they understand everything that's going to happen. And it takes a lot of the feeling of uncertainty out of it and, and helps it make it easier for them. Perfect. Perfect. It's taking those barriers away, isn't it? All those little mm-hmm. barriers. If we can think about what are the possible things that are going to make people feel nervous and anxious, and we can answer those questions, if we can preempt the questions that they have in, a, in the copy, the words that we have on our website, then that person's reading through, through like, tick, yep, that's been answered, tick, yep, that's been answered. And every time that happens, they're going to think, I feel safe. I feel secure. This person gets me. This person understands me. I feel okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it it has the double benefit of not just giving them that information, but also showing them that you get it, Mm. that you understand exactly the kinds of things that are holding them back and that they're not the only one, that these are the kinds of things that lots of people wonder and that you've got the answers and that it's, it's that they're safe and they can ask for what they need. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not, it's what you've just said there, that they're not the only one, that this is what a lot of people feel like. That's really powerful because we can often feel like, oh God, I'm the only one who feels like this. And there's something about, I work with people like this. You know, this is something I work with. You're not on your own. I understand. Yeah. I've got experience. And that like, I always, I sort of say it's a little bit like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket when that happens. It, yes. It takes away that, oh, this is scary. I've got to go in somewhere and talk about things I don't want to. Whereas this is like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Whatever happens, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, and not to harp on this too much, but think about how powerful that is when you can say that through your website to someone who's never verbally told anyone face-to-face the struggle that they're going through, right? Like if they're, if this is a person who has a lot of shame or, or a lot of anxiety about it or whatever, you can give them all of that reassurance with them ever having, without them having to actually talk to anyone and then give them permission to talk to you. And that is like really powerful. That is golden. That is absolutely so powerful. And that person already will be feeling right. Okay. It's not just me. And that there's, yes, that there's hope for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. 
oh, but we've got another one to do yet. Yeah. (laughs) So the last one is just the idea that once you build your website, you can forget about it. And, you know, I think there definitely is a initial effort that comes with building a website, but then once it's done, you should really think of it kind of like a plant in the terms of it needs occasional you know, attention in order to continue to thrive. It needs to be watered and, and you can't just kind of send it off into the world and wish it well and never think about it again, right? You want to keep that website on your radar and keep updating it, keep it fresh because otherwise its effectiveness will, will, you know, go down. Um, and that has, you know, a lot of different elements to it, whether it's just like updating the site, making sure that the information on it is current, and then also adding new content periodically, which helps both because it's more content that, you know, can appeal to people, but also it tells Google that your site is still alive and that your site is still active, which makes it more likely that they'll send people to your site. So in order to keep your site vibrant, you want to continually, you know, interact with it, update it, have it be something that, that you continue to pay attention to once it's been launched. I suppose one of the easy ways to do that is to have a blog or some sort of content that you house on your website, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that having a blog is fantastic. I also know that some people are overwhelmed by the idea of having a blog, which I definitely respect. And so what I always suggest to those people is to think about having a resources section. Don't call it a blog, call it a resources section write four really, really good informational posts about topics that are relevant to your ideal customers. And then once every six months, add one more because you're not calling it a blog. So you don't have to feel like you have to update it every, every four weeks or every two weeks or whatever, but you can still add new content periodically that keeps the site fresh, keeps the site active. Um, and it will over time build up your, you know, your ability to connect with people through the search engines too. So I think having a blog is a great way to do that. And if, you know, blogging regularly is overwhelming, you can still do it in a, in a, in a slightly adjusted way that will still be very effective. So you can tweak it to suit yourself, your time, your resources, Absolutely. your, your, um, well, whether you want to do one or not, really, for some people, it just, like you say, is completely overwhelming for them. Yeah. Yeah. For people who feel really overwhelmed by it, I would say, you know, when you launch the site, get four good articles up there with the, with the site and then add one every six months and, you know, that additional amount of content on the site, that'll be really good, but you don't have to, um, you don't have to feel that kind of looming pressure that I think sometimes people feel when they think about doing a blog, which can be super overwhelming Mm -hmm. or you can do what I do and have a blog and just, you know, have it not be terribly consistent. It's not the worst thing in the world either. (laughs) That also is perfectly fine. It's, it's making whatever you do work for you, isn't it, really? I mean, there's a lot yeah. to be said for consistency. I used to do regular consistent blogs and I got out of the habit and I've really struggled to get back into it. And I think the more important thing is not to beat yourself up about it and do the best that you can. And we're all different in the amount of time we've got and the energy that we've got. Um, and I think having a section that you can keep up to date and review whilst not putting yourself under the pressure to to write a blog um, consistently could be a really good either stopgap or it could be a good solution for something for somebody. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, part of it too, is just thinking about what part of the process is holding you back? Like what part of it is the thing that really makes you feel overwhelmed? And, you know, for some people that's the consistency for other people, it's the writing. Um, and they feel like intimidated by the idea of having to write down, you know, obviously all the counselors that I work with, they're so educated, they know so much, but writing is kind of a different medium. And sometimes that can be something that holds people back. And so if that's the case, so say, okay, so the part of this that's hard for me is the writing and then think creatively about how you can do that. I mean, I have clients who will dictate, you know, a page of information and send it to me. And then I turn that into a blog for them, right? So that they don't have to write it themselves, but they are giving the content, the ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can dictate something and then turn it into a blog yourself, but start off through dictation because that can sometimes be a lot easier. I mean, there, there, there's a ton of different ways that you can overcome these different barriers. You just have to, you know, give yourself permission to say, okay, I, this is hard. I want to think creatively about it. And I want to make it something that feels positive and not something that feels like super overwhelming for me. Absolutely. I mean, what other ways that can you sort of keep it up to date that doesn't involve blogging? I mean, I would say just updating the content, you know, updating, you know, it's great to have a section where you talk about, you know, if you're giving workshops or if you're, you know, appearing on podcasts or any activities that you're engaged in having a, you know, a page that's updated periodically kind of talking about the things that you're doing, even just changing pictures and 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 adjusting the text, things like that to kind of show, I mean, first of all, Google notices when you do those things and it tells them that this site is being kept up to date. So it's really good. But then also it helps the site to keep fresh, you know, and people notice if a site is being tended to or if it's not, just like people notice if you don't mow your lawn, right? Like you can tell. <laughs> um, so <laughs> not that that's ever happened to me, but, um, you know. It's you, like the equivalent of cobwebs in, on, on your website. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Like if if the copyright notice at the bottom of your website says copyright 1997, that is a clue that your website isn't current and that, you know, there's no reason to believe that, you know, those phone numbers are still good or that this person is still doing, you know, the things that they talk about because obviously they haven't looked at their website for years. So those kinds of things really do make a difference. If we need to sort of just keep an eye on it, how often mm-hmm. would you do it? I mean, sometimes like if you're writing a blog, for example, you're going to be putting something new on however often you put a blog out there. But if you're not blogging, would you say, right, every month I'm going to go and check it or every six months? I mean, is there, a, is there something you'd recommend? I would definitely say every month you should be going in, you should be updating all of your plugins, your themes, all of that stuff. You should be making sure your website is being backed up you know, consistently, you know, my client websites, we back them up every day. But if you don't want to do that, you know, at least once a week, you want your site to automatically be backed up so that if something goes wrong, it's not too hard to, to get things back the way they want to be. But yeah, I think once a month to go in, update things and just, you know, look at the content, change anything that needs to be changed, update anything that needs to be updated, but keep that site, keep it fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that would be good. That's a good little thing that you can do once a month and just yeah. it and just have a little look and, and have a tweak, basically. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's the five things. So that's five things. So we've got people will, the, the myth that people will read your site if they like, uh-huh. which they don't. So we need to help the people by 
We need to help people by having text that's a good site, not having too much text on there, having headings so people can skim read. And then we've got, yeah. if you build it, they will come, which I think I did that when I was first starting out, to be fair. When you think, <laughs> right the website, ta-da, it's done. I'm, I'm just going to sit back and yeah. wait for all the people to knock down my door. <laughs> if only it worked that way. Gosh, wouldn't that be Why? nice? Why is the phone not ringing? What? <laughs> <laughs> I launched my site yesterday and I still have open spots on my schedule. What's happening? It's hard. It's hard. I wish that it, I wish that it were that automatic. Oh, wouldn't it be great? A free <laughs> site will be just fine, which which it isn't basically, unfortunately. And although it seems like it seems like a way that you can save time and money when you're starting, ultimately it could lose you money and it could cause you more headaches because possibility, I guess is that a couple of years down the line, you want to upgrade and then you'd have to move your website. Yes. Kind of start again, really. So yes. That sounds yes. like a date that I could do without. Right. And <laughs> and I'll just say one quick thing, not to name it. I'm not going to name any names because I, I don't think that would be nice, but there's uh-huh. one particular <laughs> provider, right? Where once you do a website with them, you can't take it with you. So if if you discover that the template that they provide doesn't work, so you can't, like, it's not transferable. And so you really do have to start from scratch. And that it's it's just a pity um, when when that happens. Worth looking at worth looking out for. And then yeah. the last one is, oh no, then the most important thing is to look good. So although looking good is great, that it's got to really be um functioning, it's got to guide people through the process, it's got to be able to subtly answer questions before somebody asks them. That's yeah. quite a big one, isn't it? And then yeah. um, once you build it, you can forget about it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I wonder how many, I wonder, I think I've probably done, I've never had a free site. It has to be said, I've never had a free site, but I think I've probably, <laughs> in my A time, lot of people I have, no, for sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why they're myths is because this is what people, I mean, this is, this is, you know, these are mistakes that a lot of people, a lot of people make and there's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. oh dear oh that was fantastic right well so before we go yes I do a little section on the podcast it's only a new podcast so it's only a new section and Uh finally so it's a bit like you know on the news where and finally Mm -hmm. and there's some oh yes kind of doing and finally and the and finally means that there's going to be a little snippet or a little recommendation of like a book or an app or something like that do you have anything that you could share with us? Hmm. Well, I'll just give one final pro tip for people, which is to remember that about 60% of people are going to be accessing your website through their cell phone. Um, more and more people are using their cell phones to access websites. And you should assume that a lot of people are coming through their phones to see your, your site. And so making sure that your website is responsive and that the content will automatically resize so that it looks just as nice on people's cell phone as it does on your desktop is absolutely crucial. And sometimes people forget. So <laughs> don't forget. Check check to make sure that your site is easily accessible and looks great on your phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. People do. They use their, they use their phone. like I don't use my phone an awful lot for things like that. So sometimes... I kind of forget how important it is, but I know everybody just uses the phone for everything now. I mean, that is yes. the computer that they use. So that's fantastic. What a fantastic tip. 
Oh, crikey. Um, Sarah, that's been absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad. I don't know what to say, really. I can't thank you. <laughs> fantastic. It was some really good info that you shared with us there. You didn't hold back. And I think that hopefully everybody watching this, and if you're watching this, listening to this, <laughs> are listening to this, and you found this useful, then please, you know, let me know. Or, or how about you connect with Sarah and go and tell her how fantastic it is. So, Sarah... How can people contact you? How can people connect with you? Um, So there are two main ways. One is through my website. So it's called Strong Roots Web Design. And I do have, you know, a blog on there with lots of information. Um, And I also have on there a free video course that you can sign up for. It's a three-part video uh, course on tips for therapist website success. And then the other good place to connect with me is on LinkedIn because I'm super active there. So both places are are great places to, to get in touch. Fantastic. So if you, I'll, I'll get the link for that free video series and I'll put yeah. that in the show notes below. So um, if you're listening to this and you're interested, then have a look below the video. The video. Sorry, still getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all different, yeah. <laughs> have a look at it be- below the recording and I'll put the details there so you can go and have a look at, at Sarah's freebie. And I'm sure it will give them people lots of information, which is fantastic. Oh, crikey. Sarah, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Every time I speak to you, every time I connect with you, it's like, it's always lovely to talk to you. You're such a friendly and approachable person. Your knowledge is so, is so good. And I think the thing that really stands out is that you really understand the needs of um, counsellors, but I think more importantly, understand the needs of the clients. Yeah. And that's the really important thing. What do they need when they land on a website? And you've got that absolutely, you know, you know exactly what you're doing there. And I think that's absolutely golden. And that's the difference between finding somebody to do a website knows the industry and yeah, someone yeah. that doesn't. It makes such a massive, massive difference. It's a sensitivity, isn't it? It's a sensitivity to the needs of the client. And yeah. that's what you've got. And that that's what makes it different, isn't it, really? Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I love being here and chatting with you today. It's fabulous. Oh, crikey. Right. Well, look, lovely. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Anybody listening to this, like I say, go and connect with Sarah. She's absolutely fantastic. You'll see she's great to talk to on LinkedIn. She's always got some great, uh, brilliant information on there. Have a little think about your website, how it is at the moment. Have a little think about what we've talked about today. Think about if there's any tweaks that you can make. And that's something you could maybe work on over the next couple of weeks or over the next over the next month or something and move towards making that website something that's that's gonna really help people to to help people to land on it, feel comfortable and feel comfortable enough to pick up the phone and then they're gonna get the help that they need whilst you're gonna get the clients link you need as well which is fantastic so that's it have an absolutely fantastic week and i shall look forward to speaking to you next week bye thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there i'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye